0: I I don't O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Thursday, July 22nd. Journey with me through the entire Bible in one year, focusing on the Biblical calendar, the Sabbath, the feasts, and the Torah reading cycle. We have many voices, interpretations, and points of view out there, but there is nothing like listening to the crystal-clean, pure Word of God in your life. It is living water for your spirit, as it is written in Romans 10:17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. When we listen to the spoken Word of God, it is living and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Hebrews 4:12. The word of God is alive; it is powerful and it renews our mind and builds up our spirit. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in 1 year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew scriptures and from the New Living Translation for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion and it means and I pleaded Deuteronomy 5:16 to 33 Honor your father and your mother as Hashem your God has commanded you that you may long endure and that you may fare well in the land that Hashem your God is assigning to you You shall not murder You shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife, you shall not crave your neighbor's house, or his field, or his male or female slave, or his ox, or his donkey, or anything that is your neighbor's. Hashem spoke those words, those and no more, to your whole congregation at the mountain with a mighty voice. Out of the fire and the dense clouds. He inscribed them on two tablets of stone, which he gave to me. When you heard the voice out of the darkness while the mountain was ablaze with fire, you came up to me, all your tribal heads and elders, and said, Hashem our God has just shown us his majestic presence, and we have heard his voice out of the fire. We have seen this day that man may live through Hashem though Hashem has spoken to him. Let us not die then, for this fearsome fire will consume us. If we hear the voice of Hashem our God any longer, we shall die. For what mortal ever heard the voice of the living Hashem speak out of the fire as we did and lived? You go closer and hear all that Hashem our God says, and then you tell us everything that Hashem our God tells you, and we will willingly do it. HaShem heard the plea that you made to me, and HaShem said to me, I have heard the plea that this people made to you. They did well to speak thus. May they always be of such mind to revere me and follow all my commandments, that it may go well with them and with their children forever. Go, say to them, Return to your tents. But you remain here with me, and I will give you the whole instruction, the laws and the rules that you shall impart to them, for them to observe in the land that I am giving them to possess. Be careful then to do as Hashem your God has commanded you. Do not turn aside to the right or to the left. Follow only the path that Hashem your God has enjoined upon you, so that you may thrive and that it may go well with you, and that you may long endure in the land you are to possess. 2 Chronicles 6.12-8.10 Then, standing before the altar of Hashem in front of the whole congregation of Israel, he spread forth his hands. Solomon had made a bronze platform and placed it, in the midst of the great court, it was five a long and five a wide and three a high. He stood on it, then, kneeling in front of the whole congregation of Israel. He spread forth his hands to heaven and said, O God of Israel, there is no God like you in the heavens and on the earth, you who steadfastly maintain the covenant with your servants who walk before you with all their heart. You who have kept the promises you made to your servant, my father David, you made a promise and have fulfilled it, as is now the case. And now, O God of Israel, keep that promise that you made to your servant, my father David. You shall never lack a descendant in my sight sitting on the throne of Israel, if only your children will look to their way and walk in the path of my teachings, as you have walked before me." Now, therefore, O God of Israel, let the promise that you made to your servant, my father David, be confirmed. Does Hashem really dwell with man on earth? Even the heavens to their uttermost reaches cannot contain you, how much less this house that I have built. Yet turn, Hashem my God, to the prayer and supplication of your servant, and hear the cry and the prayer that your servant offers to you. May your eyes be opened day and night toward this house, toward the place where you have resolved to make your name abide. May you heed the prayers that your servant offers toward this place. And when you hear the supplications that your servant and your people Israel offer toward this place, give heed in your heavenly abode. Give heed and pardon. If a man commits an offense against his fellow, and an oath is exacted from him, causing him to utter an imprecation against himself, and he comes with his imprecation before your altar in this house, may you hear in heaven and take action to judge your servants, requiting him who is in the wrong by bringing down the punishment of his conduct on his head, vindicating him who is in the right by rewarding him according to his righteousness. Should your people, Israel, be defeated by an enemy because they have sinned against you, and then once again acknowledge your name and offer prayer and supplication to you in this house? May you hear in heaven and pardon the sin of your people, Israel, and restore them to the land that you gave them to their fathers should the heavens be shut up and there be no rain because they have sinned against you, and then they pray toward this place and acknowledge your name and repent of their sins because you humbled them, may you hear in heaven and pardon the sin of your servants, your people Israel, when you have shown them the proper way in which they are to walk and send down rain upon the land that you gave to your people as their heritage. So too, if there is a famine in the land, if there is pestilence, blight, mildew, locusts, or caterpillars, or if an enemy oppresses them in any of the settlements of their land, in any plague, and in any disease, any prayer or supplication offered by any person among all your people Israel, each of whom knows his affliction and his pain, When he spreads forth his hands toward this house, may you hear in your heavenly abode and pardon. Deal with each man according to his ways, as you know his heart to be, for you alone know the hearts of all men, so that they may revere you all the days that they live on the land that you gave to our fathers. Or if a foreigner who is not of your people Israel comes from a distant land... For the sake of your great name, your mighty hand, and your outstretched arm, if he comes to pray towards this house, may you hear in your heavenly abode and grant whatever the foreigner appeals to you for. Thus, all the peoples of the earth will know your name and revere you, as does your people Israel and they will recognize that your name is attached to this house that I have built. When your people take the field against their enemies in a campaign on which you send them, and they pray to you in the direction of the city which you have chosen, and the house which I have built to your name, may you hear in heaven their prayer and supplication and uphold their cause. When they sin against you, For there is no person who does not sin, and you are angry with them and deliver them to the enemy. And their captors carry them off to an enemy land, near or far, and they take it to heart in the land to which they have been carried off, and repent and make supplication to you in the land of their captivity, saying, We have sinned and we have acted perversely, we have acted wickedly and they turn back to you with all their heart and soul in the land of their captivity, where they were carried off, and pray in the direction of their land which you gave to their fathers, and the city which you have chosen, and toward the house which I have built for your name. May you hear their prayer and supplication in your heavenly abode, uphold their cause, and pardon your people who have sinned against you. Now, my Hashem, may your eyes be open, and your ears attentive to prayer from this place. And now, advance, O Hashem, to your resting place. You and your mighty ark, your Kohanim, O Hashem, are clothed in triumph. Your loyal ones will rejoice in your goodness. O HaShem, do not reject your anointed one. Remember the loyalty of your servant, David. When Solomon finished praying, fire descended from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the glory of HaShem filled the house. The Kohanim could not enter the house of HaShem, for the glory of HaShem filled the house of HaShem. All the Israelites witnessed the descent of the fire and the glory of Hashem on the house. They knelt with their faces to the ground and prostrated themselves, praising Him, for He is good, for His steadfast love is eternal. Then the king and all the people offered sacrifices before Hashem. King Solomon offered as sacrifices 22,000 oxen and 120,000 sheep. Thus, the king and all the people dedicated the house of HaShem. The Kohanim stood at their watches, the Leviim with the instruments for HaShem's music that King David had made to praise HaShem, for his steadfast love is eternal. By means of the Psalms of David that they knew, the Kohanim opposite them blew trumpets while all Israel was standing. Solomon consecrated the center of the court in front of the house of Hashem because he presented there the burnt offerings and the fat parts of the offerings of well-being. Since the bronze altar that Solomon had made was not able to hold the burnt offerings, the meal offerings, and the fat parts, at that time Solomon kept the feast for seven days, all Israel with him, A great assembly from Lebohamath to the wadi of Egypt. On the eighth day they held a solemn gathering. They observed the dedication of the altar seven days and the feast seven days. On the twenty-third day of the seventh month he dismissed the people to their homes, rejoicing and in good spirits over the goodness that HaShem had shown to David and Solomon and his people Israel. Thus, Solomon finished building the house of HaShem and the royal palace. Solomon succeeded in everything he had set his heart on accomplishing with regard to the house of HaShem and his palace. HaShem appeared to Solomon at night and said to him, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this site as my house of sacrifice. If I shut up the heavens and there is no rain, if I command the locusts to ravage the land, or if I let loose pestilence against my people. When my people who bear my name humble themselves, pray and seek my favor, and turn from their evil ways, I will hear in my heavenly abode and forgive their sins and heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers from this place. And now I have chosen and consecrated this house, that my name be there forever. My eyes and my heart shall always be there. As for you, if you walk before me as your father David walked before me, doing all that I have commanded you, keeping my laws and rules, then I will establish your royal throne over Israel forever in accordance with the covenant I made with your father David, saying, You shall never lack a descendant ruling over Israel. But if you turn away from me and forsake my laws and commandments that I set before you, and go and observe other gods and worship them, then I will uproot them from my land that I gave them, and this house that I consecrated to my name I shall cast out of my sight, and make it a proverb and a byword among all peoples. And as for this house, once so exalted, everyone passing by it shall be appalled and say, Why did Hashem do this to this land and to this house? And the reply will be, It is because they forsook the God of their fathers who freed them from the land of Egypt, and they adopted other gods and worshipped them and served them, Therefore, he brought all this calamity upon them. At the end of twenty years, during which Solomon constructed the house of Hashem and his palace, Solomon also rebuilt the cities that Huram had given to him and settled Israelites in them. Solomon marched against Hamath Zobah and overpowered it. He built Tadmor in the desert and all the garrison towns that he built in Hamath. He built Upper Beth Horon and Lower Beth Horon as fortified cities with walls, gates, and bars, as well as Balath and all of Solomon's garrison towns, chariot towns, and cavalry towns, everything that Solomon desired to build in Jerusalem and in the Lebanon and throughout the territory that he ruled. All the people that were left of the Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites none of whom were of Israelite stock. Those of their descendants who were left after them in the land, whom the Israelites had not annihilated, these Solomon subjected to forced labor, as is still the case. But the Israelites, none of whom Solomon enslaved for his works, served as soldiers and as his chief officers and as the commanders of his chariots and cavalry. These were King Solomon's prefects, 250 foremen over the people. Romans 7:14 to 8. 8. So the trouble is not with the Torah, for it is spiritual and good. The trouble is with me, Paul, for I am all too human, a slave to sin. I don't really understand myself. For I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know that what I am doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law, the Torah, is good. So I am not the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. And I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. I have discovered this principle of life, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's Torah with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am! Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God. The answer is in Yeshua HaMashiach, our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's Torah, but because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. So now, there is no condemnation for those who belong to Yeshua. And because you belong to Him, the power of the life-giving Spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The Torah of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the Torah could not do. He sent His own Son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving us His Son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirement of the Torah would be fully satisfied for us, who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death but letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace for the sinful nature is always hostile to God it never did obey God's laws and it never will that's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God Psalm eighteen one to fifteen I love you, Lord, you are my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my Savior. My God is my rock in whom I find protection. He is my shield, the power that saves me and my place of safety. I called on the Lord who is worthy of praise, and he saved me from my enemies. The ropes of death entangled me, the floods of destruction swept over me, the grave wrapped its ropes around me, death laid a trap in my path. But in my distress I cried out to the Lord, yes, I prayed to my God for help. He heard me from his sanctuary, my cry to him reached his ears. Then the earth quaked and trembled, the foundations of the mountains shook, they quaked because of his anger. Smoke poured from his nostrils. Fierce flames leaped from his mouth. Glowing coals blazed forth from him. He opened the heavens and came down. Dark storm clouds were beneath his feet. Mounted on a mighty angelic being, he flew, soaring on the wings of the wind. He shrouded himself in darkness, veiling his approach with dark rain clouds. Thick clouds shielded the brightness around him and rained down hail and burning coals. The Lord thundered from heaven. The voice of the Most High resounded amid the hail and burning coals. He shot his arrows and scattered his enemies. Great bolts of lightning flashed, and they were confused. Then at your command, O Lord, at the blast of your breath, the bottom of the sea could be seen, and the foundations of the earth were laid bare. Proverbs 19, 24-25 Lazy people take food in their hand, but don't even lift it to their mouth. If you punish a mocker, the simple-minded will learn a lesson. If you correct the wise, they will be all the wiser. I want to speak to you today from our Torah portion from Deuteronomy chapter 5, and then we're going to jump into Second Chronicles chapter 7. And in this section of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 5, we hear the rest of the Ten Commandments that Moses is reciting and reminding the people of, and then he speaks to them. And in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, it is written, Hear, O Israel, Hashem is our God, Hashem alone. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows, The single most important belief... In Judaism, is the belief in monotheism, the oneness of God? This is also a belief in Christianity as well. This key principle is attested to in this fundamental verse known as the Shema, which is recited twice each day by Jews and non-Jews as well. The Shema goes like this. Well, you hear it every day at the very beginning of this recording. It's the Shema. In the unique system of gematria, in which every Hebrew letter is assigned a numerical value, the word echad, Aleph, chet, dalet, which means one, and is translated here as alone, adds up to 13. The Aleph equals one, The Chet equals 8, and the dalit equals 4. Add it all up, and you get 13. Interestingly, 13 is also the same numerical value for the word Ahava, which means love. As Aleph equals 1, something else equals 5, and the other letters, and they all add up to 13. The hidden message of this gematria is that the greatest love a person can feel is the love of the one and only God, whose very essence is love. Now I want to jump into Second Chronicles chapters 6 and 7. And we see Solomon here praying a prayer of dedication over the temple, now that it has been finished being built. And it's a very powerful prayer. And so in verse 32 and 33, it is written, If a foreigner who is not of your people, Israel, comes from a distant land for the sake of your great name, your mighty hand and your outstretched arm, if he comes to pray toward this house, now I'm going to hit the pause button. I've been saying over the last couple of days, Whenever you see that phrase, mighty hand and outstretched arm, that is a Remez hint pointing us to Yeshua. Yeshua is the mighty hand and the outstretched arm of the Father. So there he is, hidden in the Hebrew Scriptures. Verse 33. May you hear in your heavenly abode and grant whatever the foreigner appeals to you for. Thus. All the peoples of the earth will know your name and revere you as does your people Israel, and they will recognize that your name is attached to this house that I have built. Now that's very important principle. Now we can pray to the Father anywhere, anytime, any place. This is true, but there is something very special and set apart, sacred and holy, about the very place where the temple used to be. All that remains there now today is the Western Wall. And so God's very name is associated to this temple that Solomon built. Now, let's look at verse 37 and 38. When Well, I'll start with verse 36. When they sin against you, For there's no person who does not sin and you are angry with them and deliver them to the enemy and their captors carry them off to an enemy land and they take it to heart in the land to which they have been carried off. And they repent and make supplication to you in the land of their captivity, saying, we have sinned, we have acted perversely, we have acted wickedly. And they turn back to you with all their heart and soul in the land of their captivity where they were carried off. And they pray in the direction of their land, which you gave to their fathers, and the city, which you have chosen, and toward the house, which I have built for your name. Then may you hear their prayer. So why do we see the Jewish people when they're outside of the land of Israel? Maybe they're in Russia or America or South America or All over the world, they always turn to the east when they pray. Why is that? Because of this verse. This verse is saying, if they've been cast out and they're in exile, may they turn their heart towards you and may they turn towards the land, towards the city, and towards the temple, towards the house. And it is in the east. And so actually, this probably isn't a bad idea. For us to practice as well, whether we're Jewish or not Jewish, that when we pray and make supplication to turn toward the east in the direction of the temple. I'm going to back up to chapter 6 and look at verse 20. And again, this is a part of Solomon's prayer. And he prays in verse 20, May your eyes be opened day and night toward this house, toward the place where you have resolved to make your name abide. May you heed the prayers that your servant offers toward this place. So this temple that Solomon is building is meant to be a house of prayer for all nations. And God's name is associated to this place and when you actually if you look down upon Jerusalem upon the place where the temple is, what remains of it, from above airplane view looking down you will see a sheen, the letter sheen literally emblazoned and carved into the land and it's formed from three different valleys, the Kidron Valley and two other valleys and so a sheen looks a little bit like a W rounded at the bottom and not pointed, rounded. It looks like a W. And the the, the letter Sheen is associated with the name El Shaddai. So his name is literally um, connected and associated to this place. And now I want to jump forward into chapter 7. And in verse 16, it is written, And now I have chosen and consecrated this house, that my name be there forever. My eyes and my heart shall always be there. And in verse 15, Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers from this place. Now I have chosen and consecrated this house, that my name be there forever. My eyes and my heart shall always be there. Now, this is a profound thought. God is saying in his own words that his eyes and his heart is always there. Now, later on, because the people follow after other gods, and they fall into idolatry, and they forsook the God of their fathers who freed them from the land of Egypt and they adopt other gods and worship them, then the temple is destroyed. And it becomes a proverb and a byword among all the people. Yet God says his eyes and his heart shall always be there. So as he looks down upon the devastation and the ruins of the temple, And all that remains of it now is the Western Wall. And in its place now is the Al-Asq Mosque, a big golden dome. And it's um, occupied by the Muslims. Um, God's eyes and his heart is always there and is still there. There's something very special about that place. And so, the very famous verse that everybody knows, verse 14, when my people who hear, bear my name humble themselves, pray and seek my favor and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and forgive their sins and heal their land. But what I just read to you, the very next couple of verses, is my eyes will be open, my ears attentive to the prayers from this place. What place? The temple. And so. His house is a house of prayer for all the nations. And one day that temple will be rebuilt. There will be a third temple. Now, when Solomon finished this prayer of dedication, let's go back to chapter 7, verses 1 and 2. When he finished praying, this is quite amazing, quite stunning. Verse 1 and verse 2 of chapter 7 when Solomon finished praying fire descended from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory of Hashem filled the house the Kohanim could not enter the house of Hashem for the glory of Hashem filled the house of Hashem what was that glory he often manifests as cloud and fire and that's exactly what we heat. Read of here, fire came down and consumed everything on the altar. And the glory, the cloud, the Shekinah, filled the house. Now this glory only was in the first temple. The cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night was there in the first temple. But then it departed. And when the second temple was built under Roman authority, under Caesar, the cloud never came back. The glory never came back. It only was in this house, this temple, during the time that Solomon was there. And later on, we will read in the book of Ezekiel how the Spirit of God is grieved and how this cloud, this glory cloud, slowly departs. Now, the Shekinah, the glory, can occupy us. We are the house that Yeshua dwells in. Our body becomes a sukkah, a temple. And the altar of our heart is where he is meant to be as King of Kings and Lord of Lords, as the Master, as the Ruler. But we can also grieve him. We can grieve the Holy Spirit and cause the Holy Spirit to be quenched. And so um, there's many pictures that we see in the scriptures about the glory of God, the presence of God, and where his spirit dwells. Have a blessed day and we'll see you tomorrow.